You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. So, guys, I got a joke for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why does America spend so much on defense? Why? Mm, top, mm, mm, why? Because they only have one constitution. Boo! Uh, <sighs> don't boo me. So uh, we're back, and um, I think we've uh, made the executive decision that we're going to do the podcast without Travis. Yeah, I uh, like maybe maybe it won't be as much fun to just sit here and listen to me dictate this to just Taylor, but I think it's it's for the best. It's a decision that we've got to stick to because we can't have that kind of energy in here. Incorrect. It is still my house. I mean, it's my house too. But okay. Yeah. Whatever. I still it's, live here. I mean, it's not my house at all, but I feel like... You can't kick me out. I mean, I could try. I could most certainly try. <laughs> Quick apologize, apologies if uh, there's a thunderstorm sound effect in the background. Just think of it as ambiance. It's a literal thunderstorm. It we live in happens. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, we can't. We can't control the weather, although we often wish we could living in Oklahoma. Oh, but God. I digress. Lewin. Travis, what'd you bring to the table today, other than your massive amounts of coffee? And dice. I mean, to be fair, I only have the one cup of coffee on here. Like, whether or not it is technically my fifth cup of coffee tonight, I still only have the one cup that's actually here. I mean, true. But also... And my massive amounts of dice have been here, so... Also true. Also true. But what else have you brought to the table? I have brought... Something that, well, I did I did this with Strahd, so I can't say just the, the story of a man, but it's a little different from the last couple of episodes I've, I've done that have been about, like, monsters. Mm-hmm. So, I have brought the story of a man. The story of a man. The, the story, story of a man. man. A man needs a name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Okay>. topical. <laughs> okay, that would have actually just been a nice lead-in, but we had to, like, laugh at it. Anyway... <laughs> This man and Strahd doesn't Strahd doesn't count because he was like a he was like a jerk and this guy spoiler alert is not a jerk. So. Oh well, I'm excited. I'm excited to actually genuinely like a a character that yeah. we're covering. Yeah, yeah, that's new and different. Yeah, like because because covering Strahd, I was like, yeah, maybe this is like sympathetic, but God, what a jerk. But anyway, the guy we are talking about this week is named Kellimvor. Not. Sounds familiar, but I cannot place it for the life of me. Yeah, no, same. I've heard the name. I'm sure I've read the name, but I know nothing about yeah. the name. Yeah, I uh, I think that some people listening will probably immediately know who I'm talking about for a specific reason, but I'll let you guys find out All right. where you may have heard that from. Critical as Role. We... Probably I mean, for you. Probably. But... I think I might have heard it from Critical Role. Okay. Either way. Well... Okay, maybe maybe you'll maybe it'll click like halfway through. 
Maybe it'll never click for me. Who knows? <laughs> we are going to start back at the event of Kelimvor's birth. Oh. Which all of this here comes from the Hall of Heroes, which is a supplement for Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Forgotten Realms that was released in 1989. So Kellenvor was born in 1989, 12 <laughs> years post-Star Wars. Nice. Um, in our Star Wars uh, calendar. In our Star Wars calendar that I invented, because I'm the first person to ever make that joke. Kelimvor was the fourth and final son born to Kendril and Sindril Lionsbane. Okay. And his mother died in childbirth. Ooh. Kendril and Sindril. Yes. Was his mom Sindril or was his mom Kendril? Uh, his mom was Sindril. Okay. I was about to just to say his dad's name, but... Yeah. Okay. I, I was just like, I, I, I can't figure it out between those, but... See, and visually, it's not... Like, visually, the names look very different because it's like an R-E-L and then like an R-I-L type situation. But saying them, they sound very similar. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're very close together. Anyways. But, okay, so Sindril died... In childbirth. In childbirth. It was very sad. And it was also very sad because Kelimvor, who I will henceforth be referring to as Kel, because that's just a nice little nickname, I think, for him. I like it. He was blamed for her death. As Ooh. is, I feel like, often the case in, like, fictional, I mean, I said fictional, but, you know, instances where the mom dies in childbirth, a lot of the time people sort of... Especially they, the father. Yeah, they may not directly, like, blame it on the kid, but there's always that kind of association. The, yeah, the, the, the resentment. Yeah, there's, yeah, resentment, exactly. So, uh, he... Had kind of a yeah, kind of a rough childhood, I would say. Um, he had three older brothers, and there was a ten-year age gap between Kel and his next youngest brother. You know, yeah. And this left kind of uh, a hard image for him to live up to, because by the time he was eight years old, his brothers were already off doing the whole adventuring thing and making names for themselves. Um, right. He just feels like the sad addition that has so much to live up to. Yeah, and he uh, also sort of lived in the shadow of his father, who was a military advisor that, he, I mean, he was working as a military advisor at that point because he had been crippled by an old war injury. And said old war injury was his fault because, and it didn't elaborate on exactly what happened, but it was said that it was his fault because he had been careless, but that Kendrell, his father refused to acknowledge that it was his own fault. Ooh. Which maybe gives a little bit of insight into what kind of man this is. His father sounds like an awesome person. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yes, <laughs> great guy. And so he also, in addition to refusing to acknowledge that maybe this thing that had happened to him was his fault, he also sort of refused to acknowledge his own role in the issue with his son's upbringing Naturally. So he uh, he kind of wanted to blame other people for what he thought were issues that his son had, which one of the issues that he saw in his son was that Kel was a sensitive and artistic child. Oh. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't think that's an issue? Right. With their kid, yeah. What? Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Father of the year. Father up. of the year. Oh, it gets better. No. Um, and Kel, as a child, had like a... a babysitter teacher kind of like a governess yeah yeah that's a good word for it um and her name was tanith and he had kind of like a 
babysitter crush on her. Oh, that's cute. Like not in an inappropriate yeah, way. Yeah, like you know a little I mean? like a school kid crush. Like you 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 look up at the uh, older girl and you're like. You're so pretty. I want to have a wife as beautiful as you someday. Yeah, like it wasn't inappropriate. He just kind of, he had a crush on his nanny slash tutor slash whatever. But Kendrell saw Tanith as kind of encouraging this sensitive side of his son that he didn't approve of. He saw as a, as like corruption and weakness. So How dare uh, she. I know. So uh, he discharged her. From um, his employment, I guess, and decided that he was going to take the reins and uh, force Kel down a military type of path. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So not only did he do this, which also sucked, but Kel and Vord discovered a little bit after Tanith had been discharged that uh, Kendrell's friends, uh, acquaintances, whatever, had actually beaten Tanith within an inch of her life. What the fuck? Oh my god. Uh yeah, um he he discovered this like sometime later just like going around the town and like saw her and she told him that that happened and that sort of caused this just this little burning spark of hatred in, inside him towards his father. Yeah. That, he uh he sort of I would say like kept and and nurtured to motivate himself. Right. You know what I mean as a like through his training since his dad was An really ass. forcing him in the whole military thing now. Um also to note this happened when he was 10 years old. Oh my god. Yeah, this poor kid, right? Wait, and you said that this this person grows up to be a good guy? Yes. This is like the makings of a freaking villain right here. Well, I mean, it's what you do with the sad backstory that well, matters. We'll uh we'll get there. There's a there's a lot. This this man lives a very full life. Okay. I mean, I, like, quick aside, I feel like there are backstories that you could have the same, two totally different characters that have basically the exact same backstory, but the way they react to it is what defines whether or not they're good or evil. I mean, that's fair. Like, because, yeah, it sounds like this, he could have just become a horrible tyrant. I don't know anything about this guy Mm -hmm. and how he turns out, other than you have told me that it does seem like it has a happy ending. Okay, it has a... Good guy. It, it molds him into a good guy. It has an ending. <laughs> you, you guys can't see, but when, when Taylor said that, I made a face. Yeah. And she amended it. But anyway, so Kellen Vore is now being forced into doing the whole military yeah. physical training thing. So for the next three years, he sort of took this this hatred that he was using as motivation. And he actually became a really skilled fighter, this preteen boy. And so his father kind of looked at this as like it it was the his bloodline showing through like uh, I'm not a fan of this dude's father. I'm just saying. Well, good news in a minute then for you, oh. Travis. Spoiler alert. Spoiler he alert. probably dies. So, you know, while this is happening, when Kelvor is 13 years old, he meets a 15-year-old girl named Liliana who reminded him of Tanith. Oh, because you know. Yeah, because he's older now. Because he's a little older, you know. Um, and find some of the things that he found uh, enchanting about Tana. Yeah. And it, it, it described that Kelimvor had kind of a gruff exterior, mm. which he's probably using to cope a little bit. Probably. But that 
Liliana was equally enamored, I would say. Aww. You know, like in that cute teenage way. No. I, I like... They don't go too into detail with it, but just the thought of it is, like, precious. It is this little kid that had a crush on his babysitter, and then when he's 13, he meets this other teenage girl, and they're like, you know. See, I've grown weary, or not weary, untrusting of these cute little stories like this that happen in these people's lives. Yeah. Because it usually ends badly. Yeah. So, you know, they had this kind of cute, this cute little affection for each other. Right. Until one day, Kellenvor oh. came upon his father beating the crap out of Liliana because she softened him, I guess. And Kendrill loves to beat women almost as much as he enjoys ruining his son's happiness, I guess. I guess so. Jesus Christ. So he, seeing this, fights back against his father. Finally. Good. But, you know, e- even though his father you know, had that war injury that I mentioned and everything. This is still the physique and experience of a 13-year-old boy versus, like, an adult man who was was a fighter. So he was no match. But during this fight, this this hatred and all this rage that he was letting out towards his father triggered something deep within him. And Kellenvor transformed into an adult panther and tore his father to pieces. Oh, my. Holy shit, that was unexpected. Yep. Surprise, Panther. Surprise, Panther. Surprise, Panther. So, yeah. And, you know, as this was happening, two of the, like, the guards from the the, uh, castle, well, castle, estate, I mean, they were rich, but, you know, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a castle, rushed in, and he tore them to pieces as well. Oh, And at this point, Liliana's freaking out. Yeah. Like, she's cowering in a corner because her her cute little, like, teenage crush just transformed into a panther and And killed her. And she was just being beat. Yeah. She's having a a rough day. She's having a rough day. But she realized at some point that Kelimvor was still kind of in control a little bit. Like, he wasn't. He wasn't going to attack her. So she helps... Her sort of cute friend crush situation, who is now an, an adult full size panther, yeah, escape from the estate and into the woods. I oh. just picture her like slowly reaching up and like scratching behind the ears. Oh, I'm picturing a How to Train Your Dragon moment. Oh, God, I'm weeping. Oh, or that, yeah. No, oh I'll my, go with that too. you know, like the. Oh man. Oh my God. I still need to see the newest one. Oh, me Actually. too. Yeah, same. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So they they <laughs> run cry. They run off into the woods. And for the next six months, he lives as essentially an animal. Um, Wait, he doesn't transform back into a human? It said that he spent some amount of time as a human, but he was essentially acting like a rabid human. Like Okay, so he was still- not... Still has some of the animal instincts. And- yeah, he was not 100% in control of his uh, his faculties. Okay, interesting. And eventually, just his, his rage kind of subsided, and reason returned to him. And after this happened, his uncle, named Byrne, had been searching for him after he learned of his brother's death. And Byrne did not really hold any love for his brother, because he knew that his brother was an awful person. And that he was mistreating his own son and everything. Right. 
And so when he heard about what happened to his brother, he knew immediately what had happened and what was happening to Kelimvor. Because what was happening to him was that he had become the victim of a family curse. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if I want to call that a curse, though. That sounds pretty awesome. No, it's a curse. Oh. It's very much a curse. I mean, I suppose if you can't, anything that you can't control in that sense would be a curse. Yeah. I guess in the one case it happened, it kind of helped him just to rid him of his own father. But yeah, all right. And also his dad probably would have killed him, so, you know. True. Protect, like, it protected him. But it's still a curse, nonetheless. Yeah. So, Kel was found wandering the countryside by his uncle Byrne and his mercenary company. And okay. when Byrne found him, he explained to Kel and Vor what was happening to him. So, several generations prior in the Lionsbane family, there was a man named Kyle... Very, uh, very <laughs> fantastic name. I mean, it, it, when you it, have Calumvor, Burn, and Kyle, and Kendrel, and, and Kendrel, and Sindrel. Well, I mean, when you say Kyle Lionsbane, it sounds all right, but when you just say just Kyle, Kyle, Kyle that was my my great great grandfather, Kyle, Kyle. <laughs> uh, Sir Sir Kyle, we need you, <laughs> Sir Kyle. So uh, anyway, Kyle Lyonsbane was the first that had been affected by this curse. Mm -hmm. And what happened was that he was a professional mercenary as opposed to an unprofessional mercenary. <laughs> but he was corrupt and driven by greed. Who'd have thought? And in a battle that he was in, he had the choice of helping a sorceress that had protected him or to storm the enemy stronghold and finish him off. And he chose to do the latter, naturally. Naturally. And as the sorceress lay dying, she cursed him so that he and his descendants could never again do anything for their own gain. Huh. So oh. if they acted selfishly, a.k.a. for profit, they would be turned into a beast. A panther, specifically. But over the next five generations, the curse mutated. And it literally says mutated. So at this point, by the time that Kel is being affected, it doesn't affect every single lion's bane, which implies that it didn't affect his father, didn't affect his uncle, but it right. affected him. And also, it worked in reverse for Kelimvor. If he did something unselfish, he would turn into a panther. Oh my god. What the hell? So it literally did mutate. Yes. This so person needs to learn how to cast a curse, first off. <laughs> If you're going to cast a curse that lasts, like, an entire family bloodline, you need to learn how to do it correctly. So this is actually the sorceress's fault. Yeah. Exactly. She failed at her curse. Like, she was dying, Travis. Then don't try to curse someone if you don't know how to do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, it, it worked in causing misery for Kyle and his family, so she accomplished her goal. Yeah, but just, okay. Like to see you try to curse somebody while you're laying bleeding on the on the moat moat excuse me drawbridge into on some the moat <laughs> nope nope that's that's it I'm just gonna be laying bleeding on a moat <laughs> on a moat on face a moat. down in the water like you know on the <laughs> she actually was in the moat and that's why she fucked it up because she couldn't talk because <laughs> she was drowning. She had disadvantage. Aww. <laughs> and she rolled very poorly. So, literally, the unselfish action of Kelimvor stepping in to defend Liliana from his father... Transformed him into a beast. Transformed him into a beast. Damn. 
He no good deed goes unpunished. Legitimately, that it. That's so sad, though. It it sounds like she just reversed her. Your selfish deeds will uh, will go punished too. No good deed goes unpunished. (laughs) Yep, that's it. That's signed and marked. (laughs) Oh man, she had the wrong spell components. (laughs) It, It was like. She almost had him. Like, you need an octopus tentacle, but she had a squid tentacle. Oh. So it, like, fucked it up just a little bit. See, that's why you never trust those general market component vendors. You always go to the fresh farmer's market for your components. (laughs) Only farmer's market, organic, non-GMO spell components. Also, just as a fun little aside, Hall of Heroes introduced Panthers. Because, you know, there have already been werewolves. Right. As well as some other new uh, forms of lycanthropes, such as werebisons, owls, dolphins, and dragons. Wait, 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 Were- wait. Dolphins? I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Did you say were dolphins? I sure did. What the fuck does a were dolphin even look like? A dolphin? Well, well, lycanthropes in D and D have three forms. They have their human form. They have their like regular animal form, and then they have their habsy form. Which I realize that's what you're talking about, and I really want to know what a habsy human and dolphin looks like. I'm like I want to Google it, but I'm kind of scared as to the results that'll pop up. But those were just some of there, and there were more. But those were just the ones that I found the most interesting. I'm doing it <laughs> anyway. So Continue. after, <laughs> oh. I'm just looking at you guys both on your phones, like you're not even paying attention to me. <laughs> I know you are. are. I know you are, but it just looks like you're not even paying attention. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> While you scroll, uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. What the fuck? Okay, I need to see this. And uh, maybe I'll paint a word picture. I don't... Oh, oh, I don't know if I can paint a word picture for our... Excuse me? Okay, so it has the head of a dolphin and then arms that kind of have fin-like properties, but also fingers. And, like, it looks like a super hyper-extended shoulder, um, a a mid-fin... And then a fairly, okay, I would say it's a regular dolphin tail, except for longer and thinner. But the most upsetting part to me is the bizarre combination of the um, the legs and fins. Um, I don't know how to describe it other than being, like, scythe-like. I think I'm just going to save that picture and post it to the Instagram and be like, guys, look what we learned was a thing today. Okay, well, luckily, because of the direction that this conversation has gone in, I decided to pivot and make the rest of this episode about where dolphins and not about Kalimvor. So. No. <laughs> Tell me more about Kalimvor. Okay, so after this, he took it relatively okay, and he joined his uncle's mercenary company for okay. payment, of course. Right. For payment, not because... For payment, because if he did it for his own good... He would just be a panther. Well, the thing is, it's not for his own good either, because it, it's when he acts selflessly. Oh, that's right. The curse was right yeah. in mine. So it wouldn't even be for that. Also, after this, like after they talked about her helping him off into the woods, Liliana is never mentioned again. Of course not. Yeah. Some say she's still running off in the woods somewhere. Uh, I like to think that she just went off and became a druid. Or maybe she joined their mercenary company as a druid. Yes. I don't know. Mercenary druid. So, okay. Continue. Literally, she's never mentioned again. I have no like, idea Like, she why. just, like, vanished in the lore and was just like, yep, 
It's fine. It just let's not mention Liliana, the reason why he changed in the first place. And why he escaped and survived and okay. I mean there's important manly men things to do, so Good job, don't have, more creators. Don't have time for a fifteen year old girl. Anyway, Aww. um so after he joined his uncle's mercenary company, he adjusted to life relatively well um he mostly enjoyed the mercenary life and he became like a very capable fighter really yes and you know he was always going and doing stuff for payment so the wear panther thing wasn't really an issue the only problem was that he had an issue with nightmares for one about his father and also sort of dreams about like reminding him about how his life could have been And how the life that he was living at the moment, like how it could all fall apart. And that just like reading that actually like broke me because that's such a that's such a thing I think to struggle with is just not even not even like your regrets, but just looking back and thinking like. If this hadn't happened to me, if this bad thing hadn't happened to me, then... My life would be a completely different direction. And that maybe that's, like, what you wanted it to be like. It's very painful, I think. It is actually, like, a real human pain to go through. Yeah. Yeah, And he went through some shit when he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Like, maybe if he'd been... I mean, and it didn't say this specifically, but even just to think that maybe if he'd been encouraged to blossom into that, like, sensitive, artistic, emotional person that he was as a child, like, how different his life would have been. He could have been, like, a poet or an artist or... Non-Panther-like. (laughs) Non-Panther-like. Yeah. Well, wear panther. I mean, to be fair, I think the panther thing was always going to be a uh, a factor just because I mean, family curse. It was but. definitely a possibility. Anyway, so uh, when he was 18, 18, note that, the company was attacked by another company. Guess who this uh, other company was helmed by? Uh, well, his dad's dead. And I would have said Liliana, except... You already said that she doesn't come back up again. Yep. One of his brothers? Correct. His oldest brother named Gunthar. With two R's. Gunthar. That sounds like orcish or dwarvish. No, he's just a... Oh, by the way, he's just a regular human guy. I never never stated that. I'm very sorry. He is just a regular human guy. But, like, it sounds orcish or dwarvish. Gunthar. Because he's got two R's at the end of his name. Okay, so Gunthar Gunthar attacks attacks, uh, his uncle's mercenary company. In this battle, he is outnumbered because I believe it was meant to be, like, a surprise attack. So they killed his uncle for sure. Oh, my God. Jesus. Okay. I'm not sure if they managed to kill the rest of the mercenary company, but I know they killed his uncle for sure. And as he battled his brother and the rest of the mercenary company, he transformed into Panther Because he was protecting his because brother he was... or his uncle and the mercenary company. Yep. So he... uh slaughtered almost everyone of the company, except for they said a couple people who fled. I would have fucking ran too. Yeah, you're just fighting, like, your boss Gunthar tells you, like, oh yeah, we're gonna go go kill my brother and my uncle, it's gonna be easy, whatever, whatever, and then he transforms into a fucking panther. Bye. Bye! (laughs) Peace. This is above my pay grade. Bye! And, of course, killed his brother, naturally. Naturally. Um, it referenced uh, brotherly rage, in quotations, but it didn't specifically say exactly why his brother was going after him. But I would imagine that there was some pent-up resentment on Kel's part because, you know, his his oldest brother, like, he'd gone off and he was 
kind of, I wouldn't say famous necessarily, but he was making a name for himself adventuring. And I'm sure that growing up, there was a lot of comparison that his dad would like to throw in his face. And that's purely, that's purely conjecture on my part. But I would imagine that there was resentment on Kel's part. And also maybe his brother saw this as the opportunity for him to take revenge for their father's death. Perhaps. Mm. I'm really not sure. That's just my personal conjecture. It only references brotherly rage as a general thing. Um, so there's numerous reasons why there could be brotherly rage, but I feel like what you said is probably yeah. pretty close to it. Yeah. Because he did not have an easy life. <laughs> poor, yeah, this this poor man. So eventually, Kellenvor came back to his senses, and he returned to being a mercenary. For profit, of course. For profit, naturally. He went and worked for another mercenary company, so I'm assuming that the entirety of Burns' mercenary company had been slain, but I know for sure that his uncle, at least, was dead. No. And at this point, he was sort of tormented by how meaningless his life felt, because, like, his uncle, who had taught him about this family curse and, like, given him a new lease on life, was dead and everything. And so he just, he was very disillusioned and also haunted by the image of his father. And it said specifically that Kelimvor spent a long time fleeing from incompetent men that reminded him of his father, like incompetent superiors. No. Who would make decisions that would put their their men in danger. But also that even though he had the he had the ability and he had the intelligence to be a good leader, he never stepped up because he was so afraid of becoming like his father. Oh, poor guy. So, yeah, no, it's a, it was a rough period in his life. And so, just, sorry, real quick. I want to look at this for a second. The first 18 years of this man's life, mm-hmm. his mother dies during childbirth. He gets a crush on his nanny, babysitter, whatever. I said nanny. That's not the right word. Babysitter. I mean, it does It does call her his nanny. It uses various words. Okay. So. Well, I'll go with babysitter. He finds out that his babysitter was be within an inch of her life after she was basically fired. Yes. Probably throughout this entire time growing up to be mocked by his own father for his artistic side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finds another crush when he's 13. Mm-hmm. Finds out that his dad beat her. Yep. Saw it happen. Killed his father. Two of the guards. Lived in the woods for six months. As a panther. As a panther. Found his uncle. Or his uncle found him. Told him about the curse. Worked with his uncle's mercenary group. The mercenary group gets slain. And his uncle gets slain by his brother, who, who he then kills. As a panther, again. As a panther. As a panther. And now this. Holy shit. Poor yeah. guy. The sad, sad life of Kelimvor Lionsbane. So at some point, after he's kind of wandering around as a mercenary, disillusioned with his life, he goes to seek, quote, a prize whose form eluded him even in dreams, which I included specifically that quote because I like it. And during this time, he uh, met up with some people. He met up with a guy named Siric, who was another mercenary. Adon, a pompous cleric from a rich family, I think. And a sorceress named Midnight. And he traveled with them. And while this was happening, the events of what's called the Time of Troubles, which is a very understated way of describing it, happened. During the Time of Troubles, the overgod of Toril, whose name was Io demoted all of the other gods because he thought that they were not attending to their worshipers. It was basically the straw that broke the camel's back was a squabble between two of the other gods where they tried to steal something from him. And he's like, you know what? You guys are doing this petty shit. You're not taking care of your followers. 
You're all demoted. You're all demoted. And he forced them to walk the earth in their mortal avatars. Oh. I didn't know you could demote gods. Apparently you can. When you're the, the over god, you <clears throat> can. I'm assuming it's like yeah. the... He okay. was sort of the... I wouldn't even say the Zeus figure. I would say he would be almost like the monotheistic like figure... And then everyone else is like angels and demigods. Uh, yeah, sort of. It's almost like you would put like what some people would say is like the monotheistic supreme god over like the Greek gods or something. Okay. That kind of a dynamic. But anyway, he got really pissed off at all the gods and was like, you know what? You're going to walk the earth as your mortal avatars. And cool. during this time, like there is a whole bunch of shit that happens. A bunch of gods die. A bunch of gods get otherwise demoted. Some gods get promoted because they kill other gods and take over their dominions. I think Lolf actually did some stuff during this uh, this time. I think this is uh, when she kills like two of the other gods. And Jesus. Anyway, so a whole bunch of stuff happens. But what specifically happens involving Kelimvor is that his uh, buddy, Siric, gets a hold of a sword called Godsbane and uses it to kill a couple of other gods. Oh. Well, I say other gods. He was not a god at this point. But a couple of gods. A couple of gods. Um, Whoa. And so Siric, in doing so, gets dominion over several uh, domains, one of which is death. Oh. Lovely. And at some point, I really don't know what the deal is with this, because this stuff is talked about somewhat in a novel mm -hmm. that is a full-length novel that is much longer than I Strahd, so I definitely had to skim it to find some of this stuff. Right. But during this time, Siric strikes down Kelimvor. Oh. Because oh. I guess they didn't like each other, maybe. Or Siric was just a bastard. Siric was a bastard. <laughs> so he strikes down Kelimvor and kills him. Oh, all right. All right, well, episode's over, guys. That's a really sad uh, ending. Yeah, that's the sad life of uh, Kelimvor Lionsbane. And uh, actually, I think that's a good time for us to take an ad break. Aw, God damn it! That means that there's more and you're keeping it from us. I'm not keeping it from you. You're procrastinating it. You procrastinate, are you? No, I'm not. I have it all right here. I just have to 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 build it a little bit. Leave a little damn bit it. of a... Anticipation. And we do have to do our plugs. <clears throat> wow. Okay, voice. <laughs> We're going to ignore that one. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our Kelimvor episode. I have really thoroughly enjoyed covering this guy so far. I know you were really excited to talk to us about it. And yeah. it's been pretty interesting so far. Yeah, just bam, he's a fucking werepanther. I need more. <laughs> Maybe more. Maybe more on lycanthropy at a later date in general. I, I am interested in lycanthropy. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Dungeonpedia, which if we do release a Lycanthropy episode, you'll know about that. There first, probably. Um, we've also been having a lot of fun with our Instagram, also at Dungeonpedia. Um, we post previews for episodes, quotes from episodes, and we have fun on our story on days we record. Show you some behind-the-scenes stuff. It's and a good time. Sometimes we post little snippets of our research. Not, like, actually the research, but, like, us doing the research. Yeah, because I wouldn't want you guys to look at my notes because <laughs> it's so disorganized. Showing us with, like, 20 tabs open and, like, three PDFs and... Yeah. And, like, oh, God, which one was this? There's a lot of jumping back and forth. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> If you use Tumblr, we are on there at dungeonpedia.tumblr.com. We have actually started to modify it so that it's not just 
specifically a like announcement platform. We're actually trying to use it as a social media platform now. We're blogging stuff and yeah. cool art and interacting with the yeah. Dungeons and Dragons community as a whole. And for any suggestions or comments, concerns, thoughts, just want to say hi, you can reach out to us on any of those social media platforms, but you can also reach out to us at our email at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Yes, because we will try to respond as quickly as we can to any email, emails that we get. We are night shift people, so if you send it during the day and we don't send it, I reply back until like four in the morning, we're sorry. That's just when we're awake. Yeah. yeah. But four in the morning is not a concerning time to get an email from us. <laughs> yeah. So don't be concerned. That's just because You're... that's when we're up. Um, do remember to rate us and subscribe us to wherever you listen. I was actually looking at this the other day because I got curious. It turns out that at least as far as rating us on iTunes, if you're listening on like an Android device, you can't. The only way I have found that you can actually rate us on iTunes, if you're on an Android device, if you have a desktop, you can download the iTunes desktop app and rate us there. Yeah. Um, There is also Stitcher that you can rate on, and I'm sure there's some other various places you can actually rate us, but if you like us and you want to, please rate us, because that will help us so greatly to gather more viewers and just kind of get up there in the ranks to... Maybe stick out a little bit. Uh, Speaking of getting us more listeners, spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your acquaintances. Tell your acquaintances. Tell random strangers on the subway. Tell your boss. That's what we did. (laughs) It's true. We did. I didn't. (laughs) But spread the word. It will help us greatly, especially for those that are just getting interested into D&D or just getting interested into podcasts in general. This could be a good way to introduce them to some lore and some friendly listening. Well, yeah. friendly enough. There well, is some that's, cursing. That's really what this is. Friendly adult listening. Friendly adult listening. <laughs> adult contemporary. <laughs> we'll go with that. That works. Big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. You can hear it at the beginning and end of every episode. It's a good fantasy song. And he has a lot of great music. For all of your fantasy needs. For all of your fantasies. Oh. Oh. Well, we're going to go ahead and skip past that and... Uh, <laughs> Jump right back into the podcast so you can tell us more because I'm dying to know. Yes. Tell me. Back to the podcast. To the podcast. Ooh, and... Mm-hmm. Need more. Let's go. Come he on. died. I don't... Okay. That's... You you wouldn't have put the break there if there was nothing more. So on with it. Uh, well, I mean, I thought we could just fix it in post. You know? <laughs> I am post. You are post. You are the only post at the moment. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, Good. okay. It's. I guess it's the end. All Bye. right, guys. Good episode. I swear. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm I will gonna jump hit across the. the oh no! I'm hit the stop button. No, she's got her. She got her hand on the mouse. No. I will. I will jump across this table. No, you won't. You're right. right. I can't jump that far. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jo- jokes aside, it was a joke because, as we all know, death is not the end. Especially not in the world of D&D. Especially not in the world of D&D. So, after Kelimvor was struck down by the sword Godsbane, he died. However, his soul remained. His soul resided inside of the sword. Because the sword was the avatar of another god. (laughs) What? The sword Godsbane was the avatar of the god Mask. Who was a minor god. Okay, I've heard of the god mask before. Yeah, it was a minor god over things like thievery. I actually have not. But... Shadows, all that kind of all that kind of stuff. 
And he kept Kelimvor's soul within the sword because he thought that he could use it one day against Sirik. So he was kind of, he was keeping him kind of on the side just in case he could ever be useful. Like when That's he, fair. whenever Mask maybe wanted to come back at some other point and potentially overthrow Sirik in the way that gods have their petty squabbles, I guess. So okay. Kelimvor's soul resided inside the sword Godsbane for 10 years. Unbeknownst to Sirik. Yeah, so Sirik had no idea. Also, that sorceress that I mentioned named Midnight, for one, was Kelimvor's girlfriend, lover. I was gonna ask if that was a thing, but But, I kind of just forgot, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people. So, you know, they were they were lovers. Did she I, get brutally murdered too? No, she actually also ascended to godhood. Oh. oh. She became the new Mistra. Mistra? Mistra? I don't know. Who was a goddess that had dominion. Well, I think Mistra was a god before Midnight ascended. I'm really not sure. Anyway, Midnight became the new Mistra, who was the uh, god, a god that had dominion over magic. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Fitting for her. And as far as both she and Sirik thought that Kellenvor was dead, because he was dead, but his soul was still kind of kicking around. Yeah. So for some for some reason, and I, I hate to say for some reason, but all of this did come from a novel that was a full-length novel that I did not have time to read in its entirety. In a week. In a week, because it is quite a bit longer than I Strahd. So there was a lot of skimming involved. But Sirik became convinced, and also at this point, Sirik is the god of death. Okay, I mean, that... That makes sense. As I'm sure you can imagine, since he killed like three other gods, one of whom had a portfolio over death. He became obsessed with obtaining Kelimvor's soul because he thought that he could use it against Mistra to claim her portfolio of magic. Because, you know, they were lovers, so he could use it as leverage. Right. Yada yada. And she was too powerful for him to directly, you know, just go and kill her. And this is also really ironic because it literally was in his sword. It was right in front of him. But he didn't know. But he that. had no idea. So did he like go on this long search trying to find Calimor's soul? Well, he made other people do that. <laughs> okay, Naturally. that makes sense. Um, He's you know, a god, so. Yeah, he had people like, you know, scry for him and things like that. And all of it was coming up empty because his soul was trapped by another god. Eventually, his obsession started to make him paranoid because he thought that, you know, all of his like priests and stuff that were scrying and going out trying to find things. He thought that the reason that they were coming up empty handed is because there was like a traitor. Ah. So he staged some inquisitions, as you do. Naturally. in, In like several of his like churches and other sort of organizations. Cool. Cool. As you do. And then uh, Mistra, along with a few other gods and also a servant of Cyrix that held loyalty to Bane, who was the previous god of death, mm-hmm. sort of went in and did some... I don't really know how to describe it, but basically they sort of went in and undermined his authority in some of his churches and other organizations and weakened the faith of a lot of his followers, huh. which weakened him. Yeah. Cyrix is a god. And at some point after all this had happened over the course of 10 years when he'd been obsessed with looking for Kelimvor's soul, he just lost his mind. Oh. In, in, in a moment, he just kind of snapped and went insane and destroyed his sword, which freed Kelimvor's spirit. 
they fought a god against a spirit, and Kelimvor overthrew him and became the new god of death. Oh. Which damn. may be how some people who heard me say this name originally know him as, is as the god of death. Okay. I see, I'm trying to figure out if I've actually heard it from Critical Role before or if I've literally just come across it in the research that I've done and seen the name and just kind of skimmed over it. Mm -hmm. So, okay, cool. Destroy the sword, free the soul you've been looking for for the past ten years. That's been right under your nose the whole time. Fight it and lose. Yes. I like it. Good Mm -hmm. job, Kellenvoy. Right? Yep. They did a good job. Um, And all this stuff came from the novel Prince of Lies, which was released in 1993. I mean, it looks like really, it looks really interesting. Like, when I have the time, I might actually sit down and read it in full. Just for funsies. Just for funsies. Because there's also a lot of interesting stuff about, like, the other gods that had some stuff happen to them during the Time of Troubles. Between this and Evermeet, I'm going to have a list of books that I want to read. Right? It's going to be such a long list. So, as the god of death, Kelimvor made a lot of changes. Because prior to him, a lot of the other gods of death in the Forgotten Realms setting had been precisely as you would imagine the god of death to be. Darkly conniving. Major assholes. Yeah. But he was determined that death should no longer be something that was frightening and kind of shrouded in mystery. So he transformed the Bone Castle, which is a really good name for a place, which yeah. was the previous like capital of <laughs> of death. The, death pretty much. He transformed it into the Crystal Spire. Ooh, which was yeah, that sounds so cool. Just as which is just as beautiful as like the name suggests. It was this trans. It was transparent also in the in the theme of like transparency. Yeah, in the theme of transparency. And so he, uh, you know, along with this idea that death was not something that should be feared, part of his dogma was that death was a natural part of the cycle. You know, so it, it was like something it. and. His uh, his clerics and, you know, people that worked for him, not only they, they actually it wasn't just they were creepy or like undertaker type people, but they actually like managed funeral services and comforted the bereaved. That's and, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it's very nice. He took um, a whole like new twist to. I love this take on death. Yeah, like it's a whole other take that generally isn't even close to what it goes for. Like clerics of death consoling the living. That's that's Mm -hmm. beautiful, actually. Yeah, it is. Um, Well, naturally, the only thing that kind of sucks, in my opinion, is that he had a beef with undead because that yeah. defies the the laws that defies the natural part of the uh, the cycle, which is it's just a shame to me because I I I enjoy necromancy. I mean, same. Who does that? Sounds like me as a person saying it like it's a real life thing. I also enjoy necromancy. I enjoy raising the dead. I enjoy raising the dead. It's Recycling. My, it's my favorite. It's my favorite Friday night fun activity is raising the dead. Reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> Reduce, reuse, animate. Ooh, Ooh, that's yeah, a fun little. One too. I can see that as like the uh, like a ba- a pamphlet from a college. Oh but it's my like god! The school of necromancy. It's like under there. Reduce, reuse, reanimate. Oh my god! Uh, hey, it. can we uh, interest you in joining necromancy club? <laughs> reduce, reuse, reanimate. We uh, we meet every Wednesday. We'll we'll have snacks. You know, be sure to show up. 
whenever you'd like. Uh, we we start talking at around six. We just... have our, uh, we have a banquet every every spring. We have a guest speaker this week. He's been dead for a few thousand years, but he's really nice. <laughs> James Vecna. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. He's a nice guy. Don't worry. You know, like, I know what they say about liches, but... Trust me, he's different. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's not. Um, also, his uh, particular domains I thought were interesting. Well, one of them especially. But he had his domains in death, fate, law, protection, and travel. Huh. Which I just, I'm so, I have such a soft spot for travel domain. See, I think all of them make sense except for the travel one. That one kind of throws me off a little bit. Let me paint you a picture. Yeah. Traveling to the afterlife. There you go. Ah, okay. That's what I was going to say. My brain didn't go there. Yeah. Great minds think alike. Fair enough. You you think about your next stop as a journey Hmm. after death. So not only had previous gods of death kind of just been assholes in general. Right. They also, because the way that the afterlife works, I mean, this is a very simple explanation of it, because again, you know, a whole other, it could be, it could be a whole other episode, a whole other full episode to try to talk about in full detail. Basically, if a person was faithful to a particular God, then their after death stuff is that God's business. Right. But for people who were not faithful to any other god, who were known as the faithless, they would be judged by the god of death. And previously, the gods of death had been really harsh on these people. Like, in a very Dante's Inferno kind of way. Oh. So, like, they would be, like, if they were a thief, then they would be put somewhere that was specifically punishing them for being a thief or, you know, something something like that. But Kelimvor was reportedly a lot more lenient about that. Like, even if someone didn't have faith to a particular god, if they had been, like, a good person in life, then he would just send them to a nicer part of the, like, of the plane. Like the upper plane. Yeah, exactly. He would send them to like a nice, a nice chill hangout spot. I like that. Yeah, which is it's it's very is very nice. So his alignment, like his alignment himself, was lawful neutral. Okay. So he wasn't exactly good, right? But he wasn't particularly harsh either. Yeah, like I wouldn't like he was a good person. He just wasn't capital G good. Right. I mean, he was the god of death, so. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't consider that good anyway. Mm-hmm. So he uh, maintained both the Knights of the Eternal Order, which was his order of paladins. Right. And also the most solemn order of the Silent Shroud, which is a really cool name and a group of people with really cool jobs because they were all essentially fantasy morticians and like <laughs> grave diggers and stuff. And they also sort of functioned as, like, his eyes and ears in the mortal world. So they would, like, alert people of plagues. That's and un- awesome. And undead activity and, and other untoward things. And they don't go into a lot of detail about, about them, but, like, Aww. that sounds so cool. It does. It really does. No, that's really cool. Like, I want to be that. That's what you want to be? Yes. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's join the... Most Solemn Order of the Silent Shroud. Correct. Oh, God, that's just such a good name. Could have just went with the Silent Shroud, but... No, it's the, the Most, most solemn, solemn Order, order. Yeah. of the Silent Shroud. 
Interestingly enough, obviously his his alignment is lawful neutral. But in third edition, there's a whole a whole thing from the uh, supplement Fates and Avatars mm-hmm. that I had open and then I closed it. That basically stated that you know obviously his alignment was his alignment, but that his clerics could be of any alignment except for chaotic evil. And could only be lawful and neutral evil on a grandfathered in basis. So, like, really, clerics <laughs> that had served the previous god of death, which was Bane, well, actually, which was Siric, and then prior to him was Bane, could stay, but that they had to change their alignment within three years or go serve another god. Which really? Is, which is such a, like, clerical <laughs> thing. Yeah, like, where does that. Where does that enter into being anything that anybody who isn't me cares about? Like, do you do you have a character who was like a cleric, like a chaotic or um, a neutral evil cleric of Cyric that then had to like get with the program and like calm down? Hey, we're under new management. You can't act like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I I don't know. I love it. I love it. It's <laughs> and I love how it's like. Within three Within years. Within three years. I understand. I love you the can't timeline. quit cold turkey. Just do your best. But, like, man, it's been, like, two and a half years. We've been talking about this, and you've been saying that you're going to fill out your paperwork to change your alignment, <laughs> submit it to HR, but then you didn't. Come on, Dave. We've talked about this. We don't want to lose you. You're a great cleric. Damn it, Dave. Come on. Damn it, Dave. Get your shit together. Like, that's just such a, like, it's, it's neither here nor there, but it's just such a specific little thing that stuck out to me because it's like... No, it's great. I love it. Why does anyone even care? I love it, though. You know, that's kind of what, that's what Kelimvor is kind of doing as the god of death is he he's sort of, he's really turned it around to be, like, about transparency and about the journey, as cheesy as that sounds. I like it. And you, you emphasizing that death isn't scary and that it's a it's a natural thing that needs to happen, you know, for the world to remain like to grow. To grow and to remain in balance in the way it's supposed to be. Also, in in life, he and Midnight were lovers, but it is unknown if their relationship continued when they were gods. Ooh. I was waiting for you to get to that because I really wanted to know. So it no one knows. For now. Basically, it's it's said that, you know, they're gods, they have a lot of responsibilities, and apparently they're private about it. Just kiss her already. <laughs> again! Do it! Do, Do it. it again! Which I think is kind of like, it's, it's, it's interesting, because, I mean, how do you, especially because she was under the assumption that he was dead, I believe. Right, that's the impression that I got. Yeah. And then suddenly, ten years later, hey, I'm back. Also, I'm the god of death now. How, how's it going? Like, I feel like there's a lot of potential for a lot of, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, feelings that could come into play there. Yeah, where's my uh, third edition Forgotten Realms fanfiction <laughs> about uh, Kel and Mistra? Because after she ascended to godhood, she was she started going by Mistra instead of Midnight, which Siric and Kelimvor still went by their mortal names. Don't really know what was up with that. At this point... Kelimvor is the god of death and also known, my favorite title that he has, because he has a lot because he's a god, is the master of the crystal spire. I just, I like that. It sounds very evocative. However, my segment of research for this came to an abrupt end because I saw some things that 
supposedly happened to him after he'd been the god of death for a little while. But I could not find a reputable source to confirm anything. Oh, man. So, unfortunately, I'm leaving it here with him being the god of death, master of the crystal spire, having a relatively good time turning the face of the face of death around. But things I read that happened to him after are not very happy. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah. So maybe I can find a good source for that and maybe revisit this in like a Mistra episode because it involves Mistra and it's not happy. Oh, no. <laughs> they have a falling out, apparently. So for now, it's just the story of this man who goes from being, you know, this mistreated child to becoming a dangerous warrior who's a fucking panther. Like, yeah. that's just crazy. <sighs> That is is crazy. No, that one's a little, uh, that one's a little out there. Yeah, no, and I just, and I had heard of, I had heard of Panthers and, like, other, like, fantasy-related, like, TV shows and stuff. And I thought it was just like, oh, yeah, just random lycanthrope animals. I had no idea that they were in Dungeons & Dragons, too. Me either, honestly. That's just such an amazing, and the way that, um, and again, this could be a whole other episode itself, which I may actually do one day an episode on lycanthropes, but the way their stats are calculated is really interesting. And the fact that they have, like, different forms they can function in, like, their human form and their animal form. Right. That is really cool. And eventually, like, getting killed by, like, one of his traveling companions, who I assume at some point he was friendly with, and then ascending into godhood and becoming the god of death. Yeah. And you know what? I, I I am curious if the rest of that is true and if you can find the reputable source for that. But... I will say, because of the life he has lived and because of how great of a guy he ended up being and all the good things he did for death, I choose to believe that it has a happy ending there. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, the reputable source might not exist, but if it does, we'll look into that later. Yeah. But seriously, from where he started to where he ended, like, that is one hell of a life. It really is. And honestly, it's, I will say it's kind of a appropriately bittersweet ending. Yeah, because it just, it can't be, and it can't be easy being a god. No. And especially because it it ended up, I feel like I could almost say that it was like an accident. Right. It wasn't something that he sought out. Yeah, he wasn't trying to... Ascend to godhood. Ascend to godhood. But, you know, he ended up in that that situation and just kind of... Rolled with it? Yeah, he made the best of it, which is something that I really admired kind of about his story in general, because it's like he had this terrible father that was forcing him into this, like, background that he didn't really care for, but he rolled with it and became this warrior and then killed his dad, which is great. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just... I love it. I love it when the, like, abusive parent gets killed. I'm sorry. No, I mean, same. Especially, like, you know, it, 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 you know, it feels right. It does. <laughs> Them kind of, well, not necessarily getting killed, but it feels, it feels right when they're kind of able to strike back. Yeah, when they get some kind of um, justice. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he was afflicted by this curse that literally prevented him from being selfless. Yeah, which it seems like that was just in his nature a little bit. Yeah, and then he rolled with that, and then his uncle got killed, and he rolled with that. And then he ended up in the situation where he became a god, and he rolled with that and tried to make things better for other people. And I think that's really nice. I, like, I, I actually, I, I genuinely really enjoyed this guy. Like, I'm just like... 
a little bit overwhelmed because we've had such like characters where it's like I love that we've talked about it on the show where I like love to hate them. This guy, I just I love him. You like, just love him. I, yeah. I want to hug him a or, little bit. I'm just like, or previous episodes I've done where I'm like, who do you monsters and tentacles? Taras <laughs> 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 <Jurassic> big. <laughs> but like this guy, I just I just like him. He's, he's a good guy. He's just a good guy. And I, I think we just need to appreciate how good some of the characters in D&D are. And also, like, you know, because I've been, I've been thinking about, like, alignments and stuff also. I've always thought Lawful Neutral was a... Uh, a boring alignment? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say it more delicately, but in the past I've been like, eh, you know, Lawful, Lawful Neutral, Snooze, whatever. But, like, here's a really good Lawful Neutral guy. <laughs> Who's really interesting. So it just goes to show it's not the alignment you choose, it's how you play it. Exactly. And, and not your backstory either. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's not your backstory. It's how you how you react to it. Exactly. Because he could have easily just become just a total asshole. A total asshole. Oh yeah. Wrecked shit. Yeah. Or he could have he could have taken the power, the mantle of the god of death, and just used it to flex all over everybody like Sirik did. But yeah. he didn't. He was just a genuinely good guy. Good job. We don't do enough we don't do enough good guys here. We should do more good guys. But we'll look into that. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Everything we've gotten up to this point has just been amazing to see and we just we hope we live up to you guys' expectations. Thank you so much. Don't forget to follow us on our various social media platforms. They're all under some form of Dungeonpedia. I think almost all of them are yeah. actually just Dungeon. They're just Dungeonpedia. We yes. got there. We got we, there before anyone else did. We did it. Spread <laughs> the word to your friends. If they haven't listened to us yet and you like us, you want to give us a chance, encourage them to give us a chance to. I promise we're going to keep taking in all the criticisms and ideas that we've had and we're just going to keep using them to try and improve the podcast. Also, specifically on the topic of this episode, I didn't explicitly mention this because I was trying to look at this a little bit more as like telling a story about this guy rather than saying this is what he did in this edition and this is what he did in this edition. But Kalimvor is actually one of the gods in the Serunian pantheon of 5th edition and that's all he is in that is the god of death. That might be where I have seen him. In just a list? Yes, in just, in a, just list. a list. So if if maybe you have a friend who's playing a character who is like a cleric or paladin of Kellenborg, because they're like, oh, yeah, death, whatever. I believe none of his backstory is included in that. So maybe they might find this interesting to know that their patron god in yeah. an earlier edition originated as a fucking werepanther guy. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you know someone who took... Kellenbor as a deity for their character and they don't know anything about his story, tell them to give this episode a listen. Or perhaps, you know, your dungeon master included Kellenbor in yeah, some way. Maybe they don't know. It's you know? great information for a dungeon master to know too, because I wouldn't have known this. Yeah, it's really interesting and it can add whole new insights into your character and story. Mm-hmm. And speaking of things that, you know, might be useful to other people, if you have anything to suggest to us as a topic... Please send us an email at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. We will take any suggestions, look into it. If there's not a whole lot of lore to it, I've actually had the idea at some point to grab several things that have very little bits of lore and just condense it into an episode. Yeah, we mm-hmm. might do a uh, quick rapid fire rapid fire episode soon. Yeah, so if, Compilation. <laughs> if you want to know more about something and you don't have the resources, don't have the time, just don't want to look into it, 
Let us do it. Want it in an auditory format so you can listen to it on the way to work. Want us to dictate is, it to you in our in our voices. Is, I was uh, going to throw a descriptor in front of there, but I didn't know which one to use, so I didn't. So you just went with the voices. <laughs> I just went with the voices. But that's, uh, that's what we're here for. Yep. Thank you once again for listening. And Catch you next week here on Dungeonpedia.